Today, we uncovered the greatest PSYOP of all time, of all history. Also, YouTube becomes the freest-ish anti-pro-pro-anti-anti-free speech platform. And speaking of free, Will Smith gives the free marriage advice that you wish that you never heard. Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to the Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future, episode 261. It is September 29th, 2021. And as I said, we are uncovering the biggest psyop of all time on this episode today. You do not want to miss it. What is this great psyop that most of us are all caught up in? It doesn't matter whether you're you're on the right or the left or the middle or the socialist or the communist or the capitalist or the anti-everythingist or the Green Party. It doesn't matter where you are, but you're probably have been at some point or maybe currently are to a degree caught up in this PSYOP. Now, what is a PSYOP? Maybe you are asking that this morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you're listening from. A PSYOP is a psychological operation which is intended to convey selected information and indicators to foreign audiences to influence their emotions, motives, objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of foreign governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. One very famous PSYOP that has been floating around the interwebs of the last year is the QAnon, the Q phenomenon. A lot of people believe especially after that fateful day of the insurrection, uh, believe that the whole thing was just one big psyop to uh, cajole all the Trump supporters into this fantasyful world of of myth and controversy and conspiracy just to totally detract and distract all of their emotions down this rabbit trail and to make the entire movement uh, of MAGA Trump supporters looked like just totally out there crazy. So a lot of people believe that that was a psyop that was designed to pull people into this false narrative to actually use and trigger them for events such that happened on that fateful day of the insurrection, January 6th. But there is a bigger psyop that is going on, a bigger trap that is going on. And it's not just something that's been set up by the ruling elites. Often, even last episode, we talked about the ruling elites controlling, manipulating, using fear and hope to manipulate the masses. But this PSYOP actually includes them. They are part of it. They are getting duped and having the wool pulled over their eyes, just like most of everyone else. It is it goes beyond just the the dithering of politics. It goes beyond the theater of politics. And we've seen that theater time and time again, especially when it comes to uh, everything that's happening since 2020 with people just putting on that theater, putting on their their masks at one moment for the cameras. uh, And then the second that the cameras, they think that the cameras are off, the masks are off and they're hugging and they're kissing and they're pretending that everything is fine. I guess they're pretending that everything's fine when their masks are on, um, or that they're complying with the the powers that be. But this psyop actually comes from 
an entirely different level. It is a spiritual psyop because there's this spiritual dimension that has been propped up against us to, to blind us to the fabric of our humanity, to blind us to the truth of what's going on in the world, to distract us from the things that matter, from the people in front of us. And it gets us caught up in these silly controversies, are arguing about the, the definition of words, where we become uh, babbling about knowledge. We think that we've attained some knowledge, but that knowledge actually only corrupts us. That knowledge actually only causes us to fall into a pit of, of discontentment, of despair, of conflict, of friction, getting swept up in, in the idea of wars and rumor of wars and controversies and conspiracies and mythologies and always, always wondering what this fantiful, fantasiful world that has nothing, very little, if not nothing, to do with our actual personal lives, with our families, with the people in front of us that actually impact our everyday lives. Now, there are a lot of things, and we talk about them on the show that actually do impact our everyday lives. We, the, the quote from the previous episode, episode 260 from Weaver and Loom was saying that the, the cost, I believe it was 260, maybe it was 259, the cost that good men pay for not paying attention to public affairs is that we will be ruled by evil men and women. So we must pay attention to the public affairs. We must engage in that society. We must engage in politics. We must, must engage in government. We must engage in our local community. But this PSYOP is one that keeps us plugged in to our screens. It keeps us plugged into the 24-hour news cycle of, of fear-mongering. My, my dad famously tells me uh, the story of how there's a point in his life where he was watching the news two, three hours a day reading the news another hour a day, and it got to the point where he was just so angry, so frustrated all the time. And he woke up one day and he said, either I need to step into politics and actually do something about all of this knowledge that I have, or I need to stop wasting my emotional energy on this, on this dithering, on this pointless, irrelevant friction and controversy that riles us up. And it's addicting. We get those dopamine hits from getting angry at something, from scrolling on our, on our feeds and getting angry at a post, getting angry at what's going on in the world. It makes us feel like we are a part of a solution. It makes us feel like we are a part of something, that we're making a difference. Now, it could be politics that we're getting caught up in. It could be celebrity drama that we're getting caught up in. There's lots of different ways that people can get caught up in in mythology or, or, or rumors of war or controversy or conspiracies. It's not just when it comes to politics. It's not that politics uh, has, has a, a, is evil in and of itself. And that's why I say that we're, we're all caught up in this psyop of distraction from reality, distraction from the things that are in front of us, distraction from the relationships that are in front of us. And I too, I can fall victim and pray and often do fall victim and pray to that. But the solution, the solution is to cut out the noise. The solution 
is to begin to pour in to our communities around us. As I said, we're, we're going to be talking even about some celebrity stuff on this show. We're going to be talking about geopolitical censorship of big tech and, and the ministry of truth. We're going to be talking about that. Th those are important subjects, but we must wake up. And actually, I don't like, I don't like that term wake up. It's used so frequently and it's hard to know exactly what does it mean to wake up. I think it's better to say we must turn off. We have to turn off the noise and the chaos that is going through our minds, the anxiety that is going through our minds at every waking moment, the distraction that is, is plaguing and bombarding us, especially in this connected world. We have to turn off. And that is even turning off this bombardment that's coming against us. It, it's very much a spiritual thing because in the spirit realm, thoughts have material substance. Thoughts have matter in that, in that spirit realm. And so we have to turn those things off. We need to put on just th that helmet that guards our mind. We need to put on a, a sober-mindedness. We need to take our thoughts captive, take our minds captive, and live in a sober-minded way that sees and focuses on the relationships around us, that pours into those people because if we do that, when those days come that are hard, that are challenging, that are difficult, we will have that support system. We will have that pocket of, uh, of community that will be able to withstand all the things that we talk about, about the new world order. Because the, the YouTubes and the IGs, the Instagrams and the Googles, they can censor everything that we put online. They can censor this. They can censor you. They can deplatform you and take you down. But what they can't do yet, at least, they can't stop you from sitting around a campfire and talking with friends and building relationship. They can't, they can't stop you from that. And it's in those true connections, it's in those connections that we are able to build community. And that building community is what will ultimately change society. Not ranting and raving. You, 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 me, Alex Jones can be up here screaming and ranting and raving, but that won't change society. That won't have an impact unless it's built into communities. We're not going to stop the new world order. But what we can do is create what, what I call Goshen's. A Goshen is a, is a, a, comes from the story of, of Moses and the Ten Plagues, where the, the plagues fell on the land of Egypt, but the province of Goshen, where the Israelites lived, that was kept safe. And so we can create these Goshen areas, these Goshen regions within our community, safe havens of, of joy, of health, of rest, of community within our communities so that right now it will act as a safe haven to us. And then in the future, when times are hard, it will act as a, a, a wall against the onslaught of society, the onslaught that we're already seeing. And it will be a safe haven to many others. Speaking of safe havens, well, YouTube is finally keeping you safe. It's keeping you safe from yourself because remember, the true pandemic 
is a pandemic of misinformation. Misinformation, disinformation, it's out there. It is going to get you. And well, the CEO of YouTube was just in, in an interview with Bloomberg. And here she is giving the, the great news of how YouTube is, is ending the pandemic, the pandemic of misinformation. When it comes to vaccines, vaccine hesitancy, videos that cause a public health risk, where do you want to see YouTube do better? Well, first of all, we've taken, the, we've taken responsibility very seriously. I've, it's been one of my top priorities. Um, and with regard to COVID, and with regard to vaccines, that has been a top priority for us. Um, and we have, um, we have a number of different ways that we address that. So first of all, we wanna make sure that if there's information that violates our policies, we came up with 10 different policies around COVID, um, then if that's a violation Ooh. of policies, then that's something that we'll remove. Um, we removed over a million videos associated with COVID, um, but we also want to make sure that we're raising up information that we think would be that come from trusted and authoritative sources. So, so they, they made new policies. That's exciting. Everyone loves a good policy. They have 10 new policies. We're going to go through a few of those because they're pretty entertaining. I, I, I was reading these policies and they're great. And not only that, but they value free speech so much that they're deciding that you know, they have become the ministry of truth. They get to decide who is truth and they will curate your feed and my feed and everyone else's feed based on how they see fit to, to push their narrative, to push the things that they want to push. Now, you know, it's probably not all bad, but you have to stop and ask yourself, at least I stop to ask myself, where does this end? Where does this lead? It's, and there's not always a slippery slope. Maybe this is just one policy. But it's, it's clear from the beginning of this that there are certain narratives that are accepted and other narratives that are absolutely not accepted. And here, it's been push come to shove, and now YouTube is joining the bandwagon. I mean, we've already seen the, the fact checks on every single post anytime you even use the word COVID-19. It, it's going to pop up as a fact check, but let's, let's read through some of these, some of these policies that YouTube posted. It says they, they po post on their, their website. YouTube does not allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts health, local health authorities or the World Health Organization, the WHO, medical information about COVID-19. This is limited to content that tr contradicts the WHO, or local health authority guidances. First, I would like to say, the WHO frequently contradicts themselves. So that's confusing. Uh, so the guidances are on treatments, preventions, diagnosis, transmission, and social distancing and self-isolation guidelines. And, of course, the existence, the very existence of COVID-19. Now, of course, there are some people who are out there who don't, don't even think it exists. God bless them. So, so the, the policy goes on. They say, don't post content on YouTube if it includes the following. Treatment misinformation. Prevention misinformation. Content that promotes preventative methods that contradict local health authorities or the WHO. For instance, 
anything that might promote taking vitamin D or vitamin C, or the list that they explicitly say, uh, claims that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are safe for the treatment of COVID-19. Most of these, I mean, they repeat ivermectin and hydrochloroquine maybe about a dozen, two dozen times in this section. Claims that any medication or vaccination is a guaranteed prevention method for COVID-19. Content that recommends the use of ivermectin. Claims that ivermectin or hydrochloroquine are safe use. Claims that wearing a mask is dangerous or causes negative health side effects. Claims that masks do not play a role in preventing the contraction or transmission of COVID-19. Claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or WHO. Claims that an approved COVID-19 vaccine will cause death, infertility, miscarriage, autism, or contract other infectious diseases. Don't worry about reading VAERS. Don't report about VAERS. That is uh, off limits. Do not, do not cite CDC data. Goes on. Claims that COVID-19 vaccinations will make make people who receive them magnetic. This was a great one. I know there I know there are definitely people out there who actually believe that one. That's a that's a wild one though. Claims that COVID-19 vaccines do not reduce the risk of contracting COVID-19. <laughs> They're already somewhat self-contradictory in this in this uh <laughs> this policy. First it's claims that a vaccine isn't going to guarantee that you're not going to get it, and then claims that vaccines don't reduce your risk in contracting it. Uh, Goes on. Claims that specific populations will be required, except by government entities, to take part in vaccine trials. Content that promotes the unapproved or homemade COVID-19 vaccines. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that. I'm not surprised that there's that stuff out there. They have a lot of, there's a lot of crazy information out there. Goes on to the transmission misinformation. Uh, Lists some social distancing and self-isolation misinformation. Content that disputes the efficacy of local health authorities or WHO. Which is very ironic because the WHO contradicts themselves on this all the time. We just played a clip in the previous episode where it was talking about how the, the policies for social distancing came about. And it, experts who worked with the CDC said, oh, that was totally, totally arbitrary. Claims that symptoms, death rates, or contagions of COVID-19 are less severe or equally as severe as a common cold or seasonal flu. Here's here's some really funny ones. Videos alleging that if you avoid Asian foods, you won't get the coronavirus. Oh, wow. That's a little racist. I'll admit that one is definitely racist and ridiculous that someone might say this. Here's another ridiculous one. Videos alleging that setting off fireworks can clean the air of the virus and will prevent the spread of the virus. 
Oh my goodness. Claims that COVID-19 cause, cause, is caused by radiation from the 5G networks. Oh, claims that wearing a mask causes oxygen levels to drop to dangerously low levels. Claims that masks cause lung cancer or brain damage. Claims that the COVID-19 vaccine will kill people who receive it. Again, don't read VAERS. Don't report what's on the news. Here's one. Claims that achieving herd immunity through natural infection is safer than vaccinating the population. Whew. And we just saw from the, from the CEO, the director of Oxford Zeneca, saying we're not going to even reach herd immunity via the, the vaccine. So anyways, if you're wondering what you can or cannot post, that's a short list of what you can't post on YouTube. Uh, I, I read maybe a, a third or a fifth of all their regulations and guidelines, which again, it, it's pointing back to one thing, that there's one group that gets to decide the truth on this. Don't, don't mind the other people. Now, it doesn't matter you know, where you or I might stand when it actually comes to whether we think a vaccine is a wise choice to take or not. I know a lot of people that I deeply respect, I have great friends with, they, they're all vaccinated. They have the vaccine. They're like, yep, this is great. I'm good. I'm not dead. I'm fine. I'm glad. I'm mixed and matched. They're stoked on it. And I have friends who are on the polar opposite side who are like, Mar. I can't say I can't say what they think in this episode because otherwise I'll get docked, uh, doxed off of her or deplatformed off of YouTube. So I won't say what those people think, but you can imagine from this list that I read. The issue is that when it comes to s- science, that you need to have open dialogue. When it comes to life, when it comes to humanity, you ought to have open dialogue of of ideas being shared and people being able to freely share those ideas. The irony, the deep irony, is that YouTube claims to have freedom of speech to be a core value in, in who they are and what they do. And it's not just the, the, the COVID-19 vaccines, and now it's actually been expanded to all vaccines any sort of information or disinformation, misinformation that is being put out there regarding uh, any vaccines are being taken down off of YouTube. But it's not just that. Here is in the same interview by Bloomberg, the, the CEO commenting on some videos that were taken down of Navalny by request of Russia. One of the things that we're is important to us at YouTube is the fact that we do enable so many voices and that we do enable people to express themselves and really celebrate the freedom of speech. Um, <laughs> and we certainly, you know, that's, that's a core value of ours. Um, freedom of speech is a core value of YouTube. Just remember, that's what she's saying right here. Freedom of speech is a core value of YouTube. Now listen to this next part of, of this clip. And, but when we work with governments, there are many things that we have to take in consideration, like whether it's like local laws or 
um, what's happening on the ground. And so there's always going to be multiple considerations that we're going to have to take into consideration. Navalny said that YouTube deleted a video, one of his videos. Was that at the request of the Russian government? I mean, we certainly we certainly get requests from governments um, and and we look and consider what's you know, why are we getting the request? What's actually happening He's on the ground? Stumbling. Um, and based on a whole bunch of different factors, we make a decision. Um, so we don't always like, those are not always requests that make sense for us to honor. But in certain cases, you know, we will honor them um, in that country. In other words, all of all of all of that rambling was to say, yes, the Russian government did ask us to take us take this down. And of course, we complied. That was that was the the, the roundabout answer that she gave as she stumbled over uh, trying to justify even to herself of, uh, in my opinion, even to herself of just why. Why, if freedom of speech is a core value. Why, why are they violating those core values on the, on the behest of governments being able to silence their political opinion? Now, of course, that's not the first time that happened. I can think of a few people, one person in particular, who was completely deplatformed off of all of these places for uh, apparently putting public safety at risk. I'm not quite sure how. I don't think anyone's quite sure how or just exactly what public safety was put at risk, how he uh, uh, instigated um, the, the horrible things that are accused that he did. But, you know, it just, that makes sense, of course. Why, 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 this is the logic, I guess what I'm trying to say is, this is the logical conclusion of when you go down the path of censorship, when you go down the path of deciding what is safe and what is not safe for people, of deciding what is, is misinformation and what is correct information, the moment that you put sensors in place, fact checks in place, it begins to create this domino effect in society, a domino effect of what we're seeing right now, where we used to have wide open decentralized platforms and, and platforms like Facebook and MySpace and YouTube, they all came along and they gave the average common person like me, like you, the space to be able to talk and share. And those platforms are still widely opened. They're still widely available for the masses to use, but they are closing. The, they are beginning too narrow. The gatekeepers are beginning to step in because before those gatekeepers owned all of the newspapers, they owned all of the media, they owned all of the TV stations, they owned all of the radio, they owned all of the dissemination of media and information to be able to do statecraft and, and propaganda craft within populations to say what they wanted to say. But when the internet came along, all of those things were disrupted. And that is an amazing opportunity for you and for I. That disruption opened up so much for the world. It connected the world together. But now it is, it is slowly closing. The gatekeepers are stepping back in on these platforms. And that is why we have talked time and time again about decentralization. That's why we've talked time and time again about moving away 
from these centralized big tech platforms and building, again, going back to the same thing, building community, building community that is not being gatekept by someone else, building community that's not being uh, lists that are not being owned by Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, where at any moment you can be taken off of those platforms at the, at the flick of a switch. Because maybe today, maybe today the things that you want to talk about, maybe they're acceptable, but maybe tomorrow they won't be. Maybe someone else will come into power and they won't be. How are you building a robust and sustainable, decentralized uh, community uh, of digital communication uh, outside of these big platforms. Yeah, that makes sense. In a post-truth society where we've exchanged the truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality, the absurd finally makes sense. And Will Smith came out on GQ this week with a brave stunning, just a bold, just a raw interview where he really just shared his truth, you know? He just laid it out there in such a, just such a way that just made me want to stand up and take off my hat and just give a little golf clap and say, live your truth, live your truth. Well, this, this free advice, uh, wisdom, just from the, from the gods, surely, that Will Smith gave, uh, <laughs> is quite um, enlightening. The punchline is this. He's going to define the, the highest definition of love for us. Are you ready? Have you wondered what true love really is and the highest definition of that love? Well, Will Smith shares all. In this GQ clip, he says, Jada never believed, Jada is his wife, never believed in conventional marriage. Jada had family members that had an unconventional relationship. So she grew up in a way that was very different than how I grew up. There were significant, endless discussions about what is relational perfection. What is the perfect way to interact as a couple? And For the large part of a relationship, monogamy was what we chose. Not thinking of monogamy as the only relational perfection, Smith told GQ. We have given each other trust and freedom with the belief that everybody has to find their own way. And marriage, for us, can't be a prison. It can't be a ball and chain. And I don't suggest a road for anybody. I don't suggest this road for anybody. Then he says this. But the experiences that the freedoms that we've given one another and the unconditional support, to me, is the highest definition of love. And what is that freedom that they've given one another? Ah, it's an open marriage. That's right. They've given each other an open marriage. That's right. What is an open marriage? Well, you can go and have a relationship with anyone that you want within that marriage. It's not really a marriage. It's you're married, but you're sleeping around with other people, and that's okay. This is the the highest definition of love for one of the most iconic stars of the world that's influencing 
this generation. People, I mean, globally, who, tell me who is not paying attention to Will Smith. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people you're going to come. I'm not paying attention to Will Smith. I'm, I'm sorry, but the young generation is growing up on these phones. They are, their eyes are glued to Hollywood. Their eyes are glued to these platforms. And this is the information. This is the, the information that is shaping and coloring their world. And it doesn't matter if you are in, in Riyadh or if, if you're in, in Bangladesh or if you're in India or if you're in China or South America somewhere, in Kenya, Tanzania somewhere. This is the media that is getting through to you and to your children. It's this. That the highest definition of love, the highest definition of self-sacrifice, of giving yourself for someone else, is that you would have an open relationship where you can go off and do whatever you please, and they can go off and do whatever they please. It doesn't sound like sacrificial love to me, and that's what love is. Love is laying down your rights, laying down your privileges, laying down your, your desires and yourself for someone else. Now, you can then twist it and say, well, that's exactly what it is. He's, he's not caring about himself, and he's letting his wife go and be unfaithful to him, and he's cool with that. Well, th this came out really a year ago. Uh, Will Smith and Jada Smith began these red table talks on Facebook. And so here's a, a, I have a, a couple clips of them discussing uh, their open marriage. And uh, <laughs> here's Jada Smith. And then what did you do, Jada? Well, you know, I think from there, you know, as time went on, I got into a different kind of entanglement. I think um, you need to say clearly what happened. And I got into an entanglement with August. That's what I said. An entanglement? Yes. <laughs> Yes. A relationship. Yes, it was a relationship. Absolutely. We decided that we were going to separate for a period of time and you go figure out how to make yourself happy. You go figure out how to make yourself happy. So they, Jada gets into this entanglement with this character, August. And uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching, you can see Will Smith's face. It's just... His, he's trying to keep it together. You can tell that it's, it's rubbing him all the wrong way. But he's, you know, it's media. He's being supportive, even though this is probably incredibly awkward for him. But he doesn't make it any better. Here is a next clip. During that time, launched into an interaction mm -hmm. with August. What do you feel like um, you were looking for? I just wanted to feel good. Mm -hmm. It had been so long mm -hmm. since I felt good. Oh my goodness. That's the, this, is the, this is not the definition of highest love. This is the definition of highest selfishness. We, we talk about on this show all the time, don't trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. It's deceitful. It's, if you do what makes you feel good, you're going you're gonna to go down a path that is destructive by evidence here. And it's what she said in the first clip and second clip. I just, I just wanted to feel good. It's been so long since I felt good. And finally, I did something 
that felt good. I just wanted to do what was going to make me happy. That is not love, ladies and gentlemen. That is selfishness. That is self-centeredness. Here's a, another clip where Jada, she really has zero shame regarding this. She's, she's actually proud that she did this. And I'm, now I got to be with you at the press conference <laughs> while you like to tell the world uh, about your transgressions. <laughs> Like I love, I love my baby. I'm gonna stand by my baby no matter what. No, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand mm -hmm. um, why it would look that way or feel that way. But I actually don't look at it as a transgression at all. <laughs> Through that particular journey, I learned so much mm -hmm. about myself and was able to really oh. confront a oh lot of emotional immaturity, mm -hmm. emotional insecurity, mm -hmm. and I was really able to do some really deep healing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't believe that this is what the people that we're putting on stages and looking up to and celebrating. I mean, I love Will Smith. He's a great actor. But my goodness, and Jada, the fact that, oh, I, you know, I don't really see it that way. I understand how some might, but that's really not a transgression. It was actually great. It was actually really healing, really healing for me going outside of my marriage. That was just a wonderful thing. And I think that should be a role model for all the little girls and boys out there, you know? Just, ah, just turn your back on relationships. Well, it gets weirder, this open relationship, because it really is, it, it does seem to be mutual. Uh, stuff came out as well of Will not being faithful in his marriage. I think what gets strange about this is, is this uh, August Aslan, as, as, Al Sina, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, who, who was, he was born in 92. She was born, Jada was born in 1971. So when they met, he was 22 and she was 44 when they met in 2015. That's quite the age gap. She could be his mom, but I guess, you know, age is just a number. And Will Smith apparently, apparently had a sit down talk with August, and August asked for his wife's hand in marriage, I don't, or maybe not in marriage, but in, in their open relationship. Here's August. I actually sat down with Will and had a conversation. He gave me his blessing. I totally <laughs> gave myself to that relationship for years of my life. And I truly and really, 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 Deeply, deeply loved and have a ton of love for her. Um, I mean, it sounds that. I, I mean, the, but the fact he went and got Will's blessing, that is strange. That is strange, a strange thing to say. And it's also strange just how bold and proud. It's like, oh, you don't understand. Like, I got his blessing to, you know, date his wife. And, uh, man, I really... Really, 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 really like her. I love, love her, I mean. It's just like, if this is the highest definition of love, wow. Well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> it, Will Smith's daughter, Willow, uh, is, you know, what we see, what we see, we imitate. And what our kids see, our kids imitate. Well, Willow Smith 
is just imitating what she saw her proud mama do in her own open relationship. Here is Willow Smith talking about how she is polyamorous. With polyamory, I feel like the main foundation is the freedom to be able to create a relationship style that works for you and not just stepping into monogamy because that's what everyone around you says is the right thing to right. do. Polyamory or pa polyamorous is characterized, this is from uh, Wikipedia, characterized by or involved, characterized by or involved in the practice of engaging in multiple romantic, typically sexual, relationships with the consent of all people involved. So, more or less, you have an open relationship where you let people know, hey, I'm, I'm in a relationship with you and I'm in a relationship with these five other people, just so you know. The way that she defines this, Willow, of why she thinks this is such a great idea is because it gets to be based upon you. You can just throw throw out all sorts of social constructions. You can throw out all sort of stability, that things that have brought society stability for thousands of years, and just do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you feel good. And it's the freedom to be totally self-centered, totally selfish. That is the freedom that, that all these things are leading to. We've talked, you know, polyamory or polyamorous. It's just another, another thing of the many lists of, of the alphabet, the LGBT, DDL, LMNOP, Q, X, Y, Z, whether it's from being pansexual to who knows what. The list goes on and on. It's just another step down the road of insanity. But this is being celebrated. This is the, the role models of the generation and should we be surprised if this is if Jada is totally embracing this sort of lifestyle without any shame should we be surprised that Willow is doing the same here is a, a clip of her mom responding to what she thinks about this sort of relationship how did you feel when i told you that i was polyamorous when you were like hey this is my get down i was like I totally get it. Wanting to set up your life in a way that you can have what it is that you want. I think anything goes as long as the intentions are clear. You hear this part right here. Wanting to set up your life in a way that you can have what it is that you want. Setting up your life in such a way that you can have what it is that you want. Self-centered. self Focus. This is the highest definition of love. Is this is this what we want to raise our kids, raise or, or living even ourselves? Do what makes you happy. Do what you want, instead of live a life that is sacrificial. Live for other people. Serve other people. And then this last clip is brilliant. Uh, this last section of the clip. How did you say? feel? I think anything goes as long as the intentions are clear. I think anything goes as long as the intentions are clear. And that's really the world that we're living in. Anything goes. Anything goes. It doesn't matter. There is no such thing as right or wrong. There's no such thing as morality in this post-truth, post-modern world. There's no such thing as, as up or down left or right, whatever you feel, that 
is truth. Well, this show is brought to you by viewers like you. This is a value for value podcast. And I appreciate every person that gives, whether it's on a monthly basis or one-time basis to the show and the value that they feel like they get out of this show. It definitely keeps this show running and is a great encouragement to me and our team that puts in hours of work every week on this. So we want to say thank you for supporting the show. If you want to give value to the show and the value that you receive, as you can tell, we don't have this this show is not jam-packed full of commercials and advertisers. But this show is fueled by you. So if you would like to give value back to the show, you can do so by visiting lucasscrobot.com and you can give your hard cold fiat there, or you can give via Bitcoin and you actually give as you listen and boosting and and tipping. Well, I don't like the word tipping, but do boosting in parts of the show that you really like. And you can just load up your Bitcoin wallet on apps like Podfriend or Breeze. And you can listen to the show there, which is also great because you begin to move into the decentralized ecosystem where you're not having to worry about whether this show is going to be taken off of, of YouTube anytime soon. Don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destinies. Today's quote is actually kind of a, 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 a quote that you should not follow. It is the anti-antithesis of advice. Really, this quote comes from the, the Nazi propaganda minister, and he says, accuse the other side of what you are guilty. This is Joseph Gobel. Gobel. Accuse the other side of what you are guilty. Now, I definitely don't suggest that you go and do this, but it is wise to understand and open our, our eyes up and be aware of the schemes that are being placed against us. And we've mentioned this quote numerous times over the last couple of weeks that it's brilliant strategy of propaganda. If you're doing something that is wrong or corrupt, all you have to do is accuse the other side of doing the very thing that you're doing. Just accuse them of doing it. It's a brilliant strategy. It's called gaslighting. People, people do it not just in politics, not just in government, not just in office politics, but in relationships. Frequently, people are accusing their other, their significant other of the very actions that they are, of the things that they're struggling with. They're accusing others of that. And, and, and we see it in the, the postmodern movement, the progressive movement of accusing those people who are holding on to foundational ideas of justice, immorality. They're accusing them of being immoral. And, uh, and unjust. They're accusing people who are, are holding on to a, a simple definition of marriages between one man and one woman. That is the definition of marriage. They're accusing that of being closed-minded. 
small thinking. They accuse people who think that a, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. A man cannot give birth. Who think that it's ridiculous that publications, pub, journals, are, scientific journals are not saying women. They're saying people, people, pregnant people, people who give birth, birthing people. Who think that's ridiculous? Who say a, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Well, they're accusing that, that people, segment of the people, population, you and I, of being hateful and bigoted. When really, when you unfold all of that and you break it all down, you see that they are simply accusing the other side of what is inside them. They're accusing the other side. And it's called gaslighting. It is just straight up gaslighting. And it, it's wise to be equipped against <laughs> these horrible tactics of, of, I guess the word would be uh, a corrupt way of communicating, a non-integrous way of living your life, of, of accusing, and you see it in the, the anti-abortion or, or the pro-abortion um, anti-pro-life movements. Again, accusing those people who are standing for pro-life as being um, hateful or murderous or, or merciless or unjust or hating, hating women or hating children, accusing the other side of the very things that they are guilty of doing. So guard yourself against that. Beware of those strategies that are coming against you this week. And most importantly, as I said in the beginning of this show, turn off, turn off, pull away, unplug, and wake up. Turn off that noise, that, that psyop that is pulling us into this 24-7 um, pit of anger and angst and frustration with the world and connect with people around you. And share this. Share this episode. Share the things that we talked about in this episode. It raised the question of, hey, do you think an open relationship is actually the highest definition of love? Share that with people. Have that conversation with your community because that is one simple way that you can begin to build the bricks in the wall of your community. And that, my friends, is how you own the future. That is how you begin to lay out what your purpose is by connecting to the ones and twos in front of you. So go out this week, continue to pursue truth and own the future.